0: Welcome to the Free Troll Podcast. Of course, I am your host, Dylan Bowman. Today, I'm also the guest here on my own show. We are doing an Ask Me Anything episode, AMA. A couple weeks ago, I put a prompt up on Instagram soliciting questions, and we got a lot of good ones, so it felt right to sit down and power through a bunch of them here. Our host today is none other than my loving wife, Harmony. She compiled and curated the submissions and skillfully guides our conversation, adding lot of her own great perspective into the conversation too. Some things that we touch on my previous career path, podcast prep strategies, 2024 free trail priorities, having faith when taking a big leap, the Mount Rushmore trail running, some of my early peers and mentors, inspiring sporting performances from 2023, Challenges that lead to growth, some of my favorite books and music, harmonies, support in our family dynamic. We talk about some frustrating and rewarding elements of free trail, my goals for 2024, and we close with my classic closing question people that I admire. It was super fun. I hope you guys all. Enjoy the show. There's lots of links in the show notes too, to the things that we reference in the conversation. Before we get to the episode, a quick plug for Free Trail Pro. If you're not a member, now would be a great time to join. This is week two of our member only virtual strength classes led by Free Trail expert Hannah Allgood. We're doing six weeks of community off-season strength training classes. It's so fun. I'm still a little bit sore from the first class last week, and I'm so pumped to have the community accountability to log on to Zoom, see all my free trail friends and get my butt kicked by Hannah. These classes are totally free for members and you can find a link in the free trail Slack or send me a DM on that platform if you get confused. If you're not a member, you can sign up for only $10 a month or $96 for the year, which includes a free welcome gift from our team as a token of our appreciation, a great value. Even if you're just coming for the classes themselves. Think about it. Thank you all for listening. AMA, LFG. The Free Trail Podcast is presented by Speedland and the all new GS Oak. The pink, purple, and black just might be my favorite colorway yet of the GS platform that is now in commission number three. Of course, there was my shoe, the GS Tam, the Cam Haines shoe, the GSPGH, and now the GS Oak done in collaboration with fellow indie Trail brand, Path Projects, and with design inspiration from Speedland athlete, my good buddy, Liam Lonsdale. All three of the GS models are primo products. You may have seen David Goggins recently trash talking Cam Haines with a pair of the GSPGH on Instagram. That was pretty surreal i still see a ton of people out on the trails rocking the gs tam and now the gs oak is already more than 50 percent sold out and you know the deal once they're gone they're gone for good no restocks so you better jump on it now 2024 is going to be a huge year for speedland if you've never tried the brand there is no better time than now the world's most high performance most durable and most stylish trail shoes. As always, free trail listeners get 10% off by using code FREETRAIL10 at checkout. Head over to runspeedland.com. Use code FREETRAIL10. Okay, welcome back to the podcast and welcome to 2024. This is the first real podcast we've recorded this year. Joining me now, my co-host, and my wife, Harmony Bowman. Harmony, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, hello. Thank you. Long time no see.
0: (laughs) A long time no see. Pretending as if we don't work within feet of each other all day, every day, but (laughs) great to have you back on the show. And you're going to operate as our host here today. We figured we would do an Ask Me Anything podcast, something I haven't done for a couple of years. We put out a prompt on Instagram and we got a bunch of great questions from the digital trail running community. So we figured we'd Take through a few of them here to get the year started.
1: All righty, let's go. Should we get started? Let's get started. Okay, from GF Skier, what was your job before you left to commit to free trail? Good question.
0: Good question. I think we should go back to jobs and then trace the line to where we are today. Two jobs ago was when you and I met. Like all great marriages, you usually find that person at work. That was how it was for us working at the Little Nell Hotel in Aspen, Colorado. I worked in the front office. Harmony worked in the restaurant. And this is what, 12 years ago?
1: I think even long, I think almost 13. Almost Something 13
0: years ago yeah. now. Anyway, yeah. my job, I think this is relevant to where we stand today and you can add whatever perspective you want also, Harmo. My job was basically to be the fixer in the hotel and just to paint the picture for everybody. The Little Nell is an institution in Aspen, Colorado. One of the greatest hotels in the world, the only five-star, five-diamond hotel in town in what is obviously a luxurious skiing and mountain destination. And because of that fact, It obviously attracted some of the wealthiest clientele in the world. And 99% of those people were great human beings. And you and I both have fun stories of having interactions with, you know, names that we would all recognize. But that other 1% was not so easy to deal with. And it was my job, basically, to handle all the problems in the hotel, to basically stand in the lobby wearing a suit, until some catastrophe happened. And then I operated as the diplomat that tried to make things right, that comp hotel nights and restaurant uh, bills, etc. And anyway, I think it's relevant to the story just because of the fact that, I don't know, I feel like that's maybe part of, I don't know, what I try and do here too, is to be sort of a diplomat and be a peacemaker and to, you know, develop relationships with people. And, uh, that was very much what I did at the Nell and yeah, it brought us Meanwhile, together. While
1: I was upstairs having the time of my life working <laughs> at Ajax Tavern. best place in the world.
0: The Nell is truly a very special place. And we both still have a lot of really close friends from those days, including a couple of people who've been on the podcast. Like the first episode of the show was our friend Carlton McCoy
1: and hasn't Sabato Sabato Segaria
0: has been on the show. And then, you know, people like Ryan Hardy, who's a famous chef, and Bobby Stuckey, who's a great athlete, but also a master sommelier. Like, a lot of famous people in the food and beverage and the hospitality world pass through the Little Nell, and we were lucky to spend some time there, too.
1: But I think you should also talk about the job that you had after that for yeah. maybe 10 years more. Yeah, so... Or more.
0: What happened was you said, Hey, I'm ready to stop being a ski bum and get my career started. And I want to move to San Francisco. And I said, no, no, wait.
1: Yeah, you said worst place ever. I'll never move there. (laughs) You were furious.
0: I said, I've got the dream, the dream set up here. I don't want to move to a big city. Come on. We live in Aspen. Like, why would we do that? Anyway, you successfully persuaded me to take the leap. And obviously it's turned out. And the first well time for us. I took
1: you on a run, didn't we see a whale breaching under the Golden Gate? I was like, this happens all we the time. I promise. It's a daily occurrence. Spiritual,
0: spiritual experience. So I took the leap to chase you, and thank goodness I did. And now obviously we make our home here in Marin County. But when I made that decision, the universe opened up the opportunity that you just referenced. I worked for a a company called Hypoxico Altitude Training based in New York. So I was working remotely well before working remote was cool. This is like circa 2014, probably, 2013 actually. And yeah, worked there for nine years basically what we did was simulated altitude technology. So my job was basically to, I worked mostly in sales and sort of a biz dev role, kind of like sourcing new deals and shepherding them through, you know, start to finish. And we worked with a lot of the top athletes and professional sports teams and Olympic federations, universities, research institutions, just basically creating simulated altitude environments for mostly athletic applications, but also scientific and research and stuff. And that was great. And I still am very close with my colleagues from that era in my life too. But as you recall, during the pandemic, I got very restless and really wanted to to make a change as positive of, as that part of my life was, which ultimately led to where we are now with Free Trail but I would say if the Nell's contribution to where we are now is enhancing my abilities as a, as a diplomat, <laughs> um, yeah. Hypoxico is more like enhancing my business acumen, you know, especially in that intersection between sport and business. And anyway, a lot of great memories from both those experiences that I think have contributed well to, to free trail, but that's my, That's my answer for question number one of what my, my career was before, before this silly operation.
1: Awesome. Okay. Next question, Liam, give us a sneak peek into your prep for a podcast guest.
0: So this is kind of different depending on the circumstances, depending on how well I know the guest. Obviously, I read a lot of things. I go through social media. I rarely will like tune into a person on another podcast just because I don't want it to kind of influence the way that I do my show. I really love to read things. So, you know, any articles that have been written on Iron Farr, Trailrunner Mag, or Ultra Running Mag, or especially what the person... Has written themselves. A good example of this recently is Ben Dieman, who is on the show. And I stumbled upon his Substack and I just read for like, I don't know, three, four hours every post he'd ever written on his Substack. And I would definitely encourage everybody to go subscribe to it.
1: And you t- you take amazing notes too.
0: Yeah, the sort of sometimes. <laughs> um it seems like yeah. I think the best podcasts are the ones where if I have an outline that I don't really look at it that much or doesn't really inform the sequencing of the conversation, that it just like kind of happens, that I have a sense of what I want to talk about and then it evolves organically. I would say what I like to do and what the hardest thing is, is to like figure out what the guest wants to talk about. And this is an important thing, I guess, to mention is like you really need your guests to want to talk about stuff. And for some people, it's easy, some people, it's not. And so, my job is to kind of find the thing that they want to talk about, even if they don't really know it themselves. And so, often I just like will ask super broad questions, like, you know, is there anything you want to say about X, Y, Z? And then, if there's what I'm trying to do is gauge, is this something you want to talk about? And if it is, and I kind of sense that, then I like to, you know, obviously try and go deeper and explore that territory. But I think that's kind of, yeah, I don't know, a strategy that I've developed over time is just getting better at listening to the guests and then interpreting what it feels like they actually want to talk about. Because again, the podcasts are just way better when you actually talk about what the guest wants to talk about, not what I want to talk about. So I obviously do all the, the normal stuff. Just, I like to read a lot about the guests before they come on, take a few notes, check out their social media platforms, and you know, then have at least a small outline of things that I wanna talk about. And then hope that I don't really use the outline as much because that's an indication that we're having a good, good pod.
1: Sweet. Um, Wasatch Finn, if forced to focus on only one part of the free trail business in 2024, what would it be and why? Great question.
0: Super good question. I think you could interpret this one in a couple of different ways. Like, if we had to focus on one thing, what's that most valuable thing that we would have to focus on? In that case, it's my podcast or our, our content more generally. Like that's just the most important part of our business financially, I guess you would say. You could also, I don't know, if you're thinking about like-
1: What you want to focus if, yeah, on? Yeah, <laughs> like
0: if you what you want to focus on in 2024, I think speaking for both of us and feel free to add your color here too- the community is a thing, right? Like that is the thing that we both enjoy the most. And
1: see so much potential.
0: Yeah. And just like that makes it feel like everything's worth it and um, is a really important part of our personal lives now too. It feels like, you know, it's really the community, the free trail community is really kind of merged with our our personal community in a lot of ways. And, uh, that's been really rewarding and we've developed great friendships with so many people around the world now. And this is pretty much like year number three of really trying to make this a thing. So if, if to answer. But the
1: question's saying if you were forced, if which have, insinuates maybe it's what's most important to the business. In the that current, case, it's the current content. time. Yeah, it's it content, content podcast.
0: Content in general, podcast you you specifically. Love podcasts, I do so. enjoy it. I do really enjoy it. I think the thing though that I feel like has the most potential that I Untapped want to focus potential. on, yes, is our e-commerce, and we have some ideas about what we might do in that regard. Um, that I think you know, would be meaningful for the business and also good for the community. And, you know, we'll hopefully make some progress on that front to this point. We've basically just sold t-shirts and hoodies and hats and socks and stuff. And thank you to everybody who's listening to this, who (laughs) owns a trail running will save the world t-shirt or a free trail hoodie or something. Really appreciate all of you. But yeah, we'll hope to maybe develop that a little bit more here in 2024. So long, long answer to Finn's question there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A lot of things to focus on. Not a great question. Or I'm sorry, (laughs) not a great answer. Not a great answer to a good question. question. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Okay. Next question. Nina asked, how did you have faith that free trail would work to take the leap? Basically. So, yeah.
0: So I mentioned this a second ago, but during the pandemic, the early stages of the pandemic, I was like so restless, you remember this. I was, I had a great job, I loved my job, but I'd been doing it for nine years. I was also like in a frustrating place in my athletic career too, like I just felt that I was ready for big change in life. And you remember this, I was pretty miserable, just desperate for big change. And anyway, yeah. What gave me the faith? That's the question.
1: Yeah. The question was, how did you have faith that free trail would work? Like so that you took that leap. And I'm guessing it means like the leap from leaving a secure job. Yeah. So going all in on something new.
0: I think the faith came second. First, it was the restlessness, right? It just that feeling that I was like standing on the precipice of the next chapter of my life. Wasn't really sure what that looked like, but just was ready for it in whatever mode that it took. And actually you remember this too. Remember I closed an important deal at work and you and I had been talking about, maybe it's time to make a change for months, probably at least a year at that point. And after I closed that deal, I talked to my boss and it just came out of my mouth, bro, it's time to start planning for life without me here at the business. Totally unplanned, didn't didn't uh, go into that conversation with a feeling that I was about to basically put my notice in at work, but effectively I did. My boss and I, his name's Brian O'Strike, still a great friend, and appreciate everything, you know, that we were able to do together professionally. He understood, and I gave him, you know, several months, I think probably three, four months before I ended up exiting officially, and we still stay in touch. And um, but yeah, uh that put our back against the wall big time on free trail. And it was it was at that point where I was like, okay. Like we, this needs to work. This is before we had a kid, but still it felt like a high consequence situation. I think, you know, the faith thing is an interesting comment. Like that is the right word because.
1: But it's not like you don't have, it's not that you don't have faith, but I feel like you struggle with that. I do. It's almost more like it was desperation that pushed you to make something work. But not desperation. I That's defi- the wrong word too. But you struggle with having faith that things will all work out.
0: I still, to this day, every day, struggle with at least like a superficial anxiety about: Is this a thing? Will this work? But it, there's always talks. there's Even always get- been the underlying feeling or intuition that this is a thing and it deserves to exist. And I love doing it. Most importantly. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's not been without a lot of anxiety to leave a very comfortable career. It was still in the world that I love, which was sport, right? That I wanted to do something else and something new and maybe sensing that my motivation was changing athletically and channeling that in a different direction, which has been sort of building this business but even though i do struggle with that superficial doubt every single day underneath it there is the faith that like this we're on to something this is worth it and we just have to keep our head down and good things will continue to happen and they have started to happen which is just like so rewarding so maybe, maybe that's you the you
1: also like started i feel like you started free trail with the, in like, just knowing that what you wanted to see in the sport, like podcast or otherwise didn't exist. And just intuitively knowing, like, it needed to exist. So that, the intuition piece, just kind of.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's the main point. And I don't know if it's, cult it's, you, you can cultivate that feeling, that intuition. I think you're, even though I struggle with doubt. the hard times, it's easy to default to, well, at my deepest level, if I'm really, truly listening to my gut, it tells me to keep going. And we do. And like I said, we've started to feel a little bit of momentum now. And so I guess that's maybe the good way to close this answer to this great question of just like listening to your intuition. I don't know if faith is something that you can cultivate but you know, in hard moments, it is a valuable thing to fall back on, but you have to feel it like sincerely, otherwise you're probably in for a lot of pain. So I would encourage, even though it is so hard, I would encourage anybody to try because it has been really re- rewarding in a lot of ways. And, um Yeah, grateful to have a lot of great people who also have helped too, yourself included. Retrail is proud to partner with Ketone IQ, the groundbreaking ketone supplement used by the world's top performers across all major sports. This simple shot packs quite an energetic punch, a cutting edge formula designed to fuel your brain and body for the long haul. As you probably know by now, ketones give you an extra well to pull from metabolically instead of using glucose as your main source of energy. Exogenous ketones from Ketone IQ elevate your blood ketone levels, mimicking the effects of natural ketosis and providing increased energy, improved mental focus, and enhanced physical performance. It's that steady, consistent clarity that you just don't get from caffeine or anything else for that matter. Whether you're an elite athlete, a busy professional, or someone just looking to optimize your health, Ketone IQ is here for you. I use it every day to perform at my best on and off the trails. I've met tons of free trail podcast listeners who are, similar converts. You should too. Go get 30% off a subscription of this game-changing product by visiting hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30 hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30. This episode is brought to you by Osprey, super excited to be working with this iconic Colorado brand, the market leader in technical outdoor and travel packs, celebrating its 50th anniversary in 2024. One of my favorite podcasts of last year was the How I Built This with Osprey founder Mike Fotenhauer, an incredible story of design and innovation, which remains a core part of Osprey's DNA to this day and that they're now focusing on the trail running category. You guys will absolutely love these trail running packs i promise the duro and dyna are the men's and women's options respectively with an extremely robust product selection for runs of all types quick lunch runs to multi-day suffer fests i've been rocking the six liter duro vest and absolutely love the fit the function the durability Born in the San Juans, trusted by top athletes like Tyler Green and Rachel Drake, you gotta check out these products to make them even better. Osprey's full line are also sustainably crafted with Blue Sign approved 100% recycled main body materials. Again, making them a leader in the category. Head over to osprey.com to check it out. Grab a bag. That's osprey.com. Or chances are you can find Osprey products also at your favorite local specialty mountain shop or run store. Thanks so much to Osprey.
1: Devin asked, this is a fun one. Who is on your Mount Rushmore of trail running?
0: <sighs> Jeez, this is getting harder now in like the current, the modern era. Cause you have to include people from the past. Do
1: you? Like, can you make a past Mount Rushmore and a current? <laughs> like it should probably just be current or it's too hard, right?
0: Well, I, we could we could workshop heaven. it. I mean, okay, so Courtney. the obvious ones that have to be on there. So Mount Rushmore, by definition, is four individuals. So there's three no-brainers, right? So Anne Trace and Courtney DeWalter, Killian Journay ha- like sort of have to be on Mount Rushmore, which leaves the fourth. And the fourth, you could make an argument, you know, Francois you can make an argument for jim, you can make an argument for matt carpenter, you can make an argument for scott Jurek, obviously. It's hard that fourth spot and removing bias also because I'd love to just give it to everybody. I'd probably I'd probably say françois just given the 4 UTMBs Five diagonal defus, John Muir Trail. He was second at TNF 50. People forget that too. You know, now he's recognized as this long course god, but the dude can rip also on non-technical California trails. And I just have a lot of respect for the guy. So maybe that's what I would say with honorable mentions for those other awesome athletes. We should start the trail running hall of fame, by the way.
1: The Mountain Bike Hall of Fame is
0: in Fairfax, not far from where we are now. So maybe we'll start the trail running Hall of Fame. is
1: Courtney done like cool awards there and stuff? It's a pretty sweet little institution, actually. It's a fun idea. I like it. Okay, so what? Anne Trayson, Courtney.
0: Killian Francois. All
1: right. Cool. Okay. From Gmart Runner. Who were some of your peers when you started racing trails and where are they now? That's a fun one because fun. when I crewed you way back in the day or went to races like Run Rabbit Run, it was such a different scene. It was. It's like going to a race now, it's completely different people. Totally so, different. I guess you were probably more in the Colorado scene I was, then too, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. Like Zeke and...
0: Mm-hmm. So the, the name that comes to mind first was my original trail running hero, a guy named Ryan Birch.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say Ryan Sands because well, he too, was, he too,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, he's one of the one of the guys who's still still doing it, right? We were just DMing today, and uh, yeah, obviously have known Ryan since that 2010 Leadville. We've been buddies ever since. He beat me there. He finished first. I was second. No, that was 2011. 2011 Leadville. Anyway, the first name that came to mind was. Ryan Birch, who is my original hero. He won the Silver Rush 50 miler the year, I think it was 2009 was my first 50 miler. And he won that race. It was my first ultra, first 50 miler. And he beat me by, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half at least. And I was just like, this guy is an absolute freak. (laughs) What a physical specimen. And anyway, he became a friend and saw him around the Colorado trail and ultra running scene for a long time. And you'll remember this actually, he ran Hard Rock this year. He he ended up going back into the military in his thirties and then sort of disengaged from running for a while, came back and now doesn't really like compete, compete, just does it for the love. In fact, that was part of the things that you probably remember we bumped into him outside the gym and I was like, this is Ryan That's Birch. Right, yeah. This is my original yep. hero. Anyway, he finished hard rock this year. Big shout out to to Ryan. And uh, yeah, he was a massive inspiration for me in those early years, people like Zeke, you just mentioned, he was like my original mentor. Um, good story about Zeke was in 2011, my second Leadville. No, sorry. My first Leadville 2010. Zeke introduced himself to me in the opening miles of the race because we both lived in the Roaring Fork Valley though we didn't know each other. And Zeke was an all American at the University of Colorado, super experienced, super talented runner. And I was a lacrosse player, sort of fresh out of college, no running experience. And he introduced himself to me and we ended up running within eyesight of each other and oftentimes together together and oftentimes with our pacers for 75 miles of Leadville that day. (laughs) And as everybody who listens to this podcast can understand, if you do that, you develop an instant connection with somebody. And that was the case with Zeke. I think there's still photos of he and I in the med tent, laying on cots next to each other after we finished. He ended up pulling away from me in that last 20 miles, beat me by like 10 minutes behind he was behind Duncan Callahan. So Duncan won, Zeke was second, I was third.
1: Wasn't that your first hundred miles? It was my first
0: first hundred. That's right. And then Zeke, because he had had such prowess and experience in the track and road scene, and he'd already also finished second or third at Leadville once before, he became a great mentor, great training partner. You remember those days running with Zeke? People like Nick Clark. I mean, Duncan Callahan too was a, Big inspiration. He's a two-time Leadville champ. He's now, I think, still involved with the Western State Trail and Ultra Running team that we've talked about on the podcast here. I should get Duncan on the show. That would be great. Be awesome. Should get Zeke on the show too.
1: Zeke and Alex. Too.
0: Yeah. The duo. Anyway, those are a few names. Nick Clark. Darcy PQ was, you know, she's still still around and she's like borderline Mount Rushmore material. Darcy's such an amazing athlete who's on the pod this year. People who've sort of disappeared. Cam Clayton. Wonder where he is. Remember him? Yeah.
1: yeah. Huh. I haven't heard about him in a long time. And then
0: like you have the people that disappear and came back, like well, Chris also Fargo. The people, like,
1: that we're forgetting. Like Hal Kerner. Yeah. Obviously. Of like there were like he was around right. at every race. Yeah. But Michael. those are those are the
0: people who are like who I felt were my, my peers in that first like Rory couple of, was of like course around, yeah, yeah. icon yeah, icon I think she just, she just had a baby shout out to Rory anyway we're rambling here but great question great okay, memories let's
1: keep it moving um Matt uh said okay this year across all types what's been the most exciting sporting performance you've seen so most exciting sporting performance across all sports <sighs> yeah you're definitely not gonna pick running right
0: well I mean, Courtney's Western States was just ridiculous. She's got the 22nd fastest time or 23rd fastest time ever at the race. Unbelievable, unbelievable. One of the greatest sporting performances in memory. The things that come to mind outside of running, Coco Gauff at the US Open, like 19 years old. It's the first time uh, an American had won the U.S. Open in a long time. Serena was the last one to do it. And I think it had been a while. Anyway, Coco Goff sort of represents this new crop of great American tennis players. And around that same time, Sepp Kuss won the Vuelta, one of the Grand Tour bike races. American. Nobody, no American had done that since Lance, obviously. Slash Floyd Landis, et cetera. So... Actually, I'm wrong about that. I think there was somebody in between that won the Vuelta. Anyway, that was a great achievement for American athletes. And it was right around that time also that Jim finally won UTMB. So I, I tweeted something to the effect of Coco Gauff wins the U.S. Open, Sepp Coos wins the Vuelta, <laughs> and Jim wins the UTMB, all like in the same week, you know, USA sports are back. Those are a few that stand out from 2023. I'm sure I'm missing some obvious ones there.
1: Sweet. Tanner says, what challenges in life cause you to grow the most or change a preconceived notion? I guess you already referenced your preconceived notion that you would hate living in the Bay Area. That's not (laughs) a very good answer, but.
0: What challenges in life helped you to change a preconceived notion or grow the most? Uh,
1: I mean, caused you to grow the most or changed a preconceived notion?
0: The first thing that comes to mind is breaking my ankle in 2019, which as you know, <laughs> led to a deep personal crisis that lasted at least a year. Um, but in some ways sort of led to free trail. So I guess to give this story for those who weren't around or weren't following me or who, actually care. <laughs> remember I drove from, we were back in Colorado, living there, weren't happy. And I drove to Portland to stay with your folks, my in-laws to do a training camp because I was going to go to Transvolcania, and it was like a super snowy cold.
1: Go. Anyways, whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I you don't remember either. were just
1: like, either. I need to leave
0: Colorado. So I drove to go stay with the in-laws to do a training camp in Oregon before Transville this is April, 2019. And stopped in the Columbia River Gorge, not far from where our race course is now, camped in my truck and was gonna go out for the first big training run of this training camp leading into what was my first big race of the season. And I went up Mount Defiance, And came back down. I was about a mile from my truck, rolled my left ankle horrifically, heard and felt. That's
1: right. I had flown to Portland because you called Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you flew and I drove. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways. So I rolled my ankle, heard and felt just a disgusting pop in my left ankle. Instantly knew there was a major problem. Uh, Sure enough, I have a hard time walking. Thank goodness, I'm only about a mile from my car. It takes me probably almost an we hour.
1: You up? You couldn't drive? No, Remember you met enough? me at
0: the hospital. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. You're right. You're right.
0: So I went to the hospital in Hood River. Anyway, the point is that was a really hard year for me, and but it was the first time where I started thinking, okay, you got to start preparing for life after being a pro. I was 33 at the time, and I've talked about this in other places, but. I've spoken to a bunch of people who have a really hard 33rd year, something about that time in your life where you're exiting youth officially, where the finite nature of your athletic ability starts to become much more apparent, where a lot of your friends or people, peers, people you compare yourselves to are, Developing cool careers, and you're starting to think, well, what am I doing? And when I broke my ankle, it was like, okay, this might be the end. What do I do? And it was not fun for me. I was deeply depressed for a long, long time. And uh, ultimately, though, it provided the space to finally start my stupid podcast, which obviously it was transformative. So I think like all those hard moments in life, there's some pearl of wisdom or some perfect serendipity to it that creates space for whatever's next.
1: I mean, I think you probably had a preconceived notion that there was nothing better in life than being a professional athlete in some form
0: it's what I always and wanted to be. That always
1: triggered a change, a painful and long change of realizing that wasn't the only thing that mattered in life, mm-hmm. and being physically fit and in whatever sense you were wasn't the most important thing to you. Yeah, and that there was more to life. Yeah, so that was probably yeah. It was a big, big year of growth and change. It did take
0: forever for me to come back around. It was physically really when or we mentally, or mentally, or emotionally. and emotionally. Yeah. yeah.
1: Long physically,
0: time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it took me at least a year to have confidence to run on trails again without my ankles folding in half. Shout out to Matt Walsh, multiple time podcast guest. I've talked about this a bunch on the show, but he was a major help. And but honestly, it was like when we when I started the podcast that I started to more or less come out of it and feel a, a new sense of excitement about a new thing. And you know, you can't under estimate or overstate the galvanizing force that just being excited about something is in life and that's something you and I have talked about is just like making sure as we get older to always have hobbies always have things that we
1: Yeah, we like hobby judge each other yeah. to see who has more hobbies that they love and enjoy. <laughs> we have a lot of hobbies, I yeah. feel like. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And they're not all running.
0: Anyway, that basically. that ankle break in 2019 is the thing that probably in recent memory created the most
1: growth. You, you grew up a lot in that year. I did. You, you did. Yeah. Okay. Brent asked, what's your favorite book and music?
0: Uh, so your favorite. favorite book, I mean, is barbarian days. Oh, duh. Mine too. Uh, uh, both of ours.
1: Best book ever.
0: I'd say the best book I read last year was Rick Rubin's book called The Creative Act, which is great, quick read, inspiring, especially if you're working on anything creative or entrepreneurial about the sacredness of the process and the highs and lows that come with it and the different phases that he articulates it, I remember the building phase, he calls it where, or no, the crafting phase is what he calls it, where you just have to put your head down and keep going and have faith to that earlier question. And there's a mystery there. You're never sure that it's gonna come around, but if you keep tinkering on whatever problem, you gain something from it. So that's a great book. Another great book I read this year, It's called Alchemy by Rory Sutherland. And actually the way I found out about that book was hearing Rory Sutherland on Rick Rubin's podcast. And I would say that is a top five podcast I've ever listened to. It's like four hours long. It's certainly one of the best podcasts I listened to in 2023. I'll link to it in the show notes. But that book, Rory Sutherland is a, Ad executive, he worked at Ogilvy. I think Ogilvy.
1: I feel like I remember you mentioning this. Podcast. Anyway,
0: he's it's never. Yeah, it's it's all about the value of non-consensus thinking and doing things that are irrational.
1: Hmm.
0: And he has a very quick wit. And if you listen to the Rick Rubin podcast, it's just absolutely fascinating discourse about. Because he's an advertising guy. So he's all about human behavior and psychology and he's incredibly educated on that. I don't know if it's academically educated or just professionally educated through what he's done for decades, but... Rory Sutherland's book Alchemy is another great one. Music, I don't listen to very much. No, you music. threatened
1: at our wedding to like have <laughs> podcasts playing. I was like, this is so terrible. You,
0: you the, like, the one you like thing to that,
1: dance, which, yeah. but you don't like at weddings, like you're a great wedding guest. But yeah, not a big music guy. When you I was younger,
0: I listened answer. to a lot of like that early 2000s underground hip hop, like. Brother Ali and Atmosphere and Sage Francis and Dilated Peoples and Aesop Rock is what made me just think about that because his new album, which you can stream on Spotify, it's called Integrated Tech Solutions. It's really the only album that I've been listening to consistently where I'll actually turn it on and listen start to finish. It's the first album like that that I've behaved in that way with and many years, probably a decade. So not a huge music guy, big, big podcast guy. The very first brand to ever believe in free trail, you guessed it, Gnarly Nutrition. Born in Salt Lake, Gnarly sets the standard when it comes to performance nutrition products. Of course, they have run Fueling Dialed with Fuel Two O, the Colab orange drank flavor we formulated together. Gnarly also offers pre-workout blends and extremely dank protein mixes. I am going hard on the protein right now. I'm not gonna lie. This aging athlete and podcaster had an evaluation recently and there was one thing that was abundantly clear. I basically needed to double my protein intake. Enter Gnarly Nutrition. I'm now smashing three scoops of the Gnarly Whey protein powder mid-morning every day and already feel way better charging into 2024. For those who are plant-based, Gnarly also offers a vegan option of the same protein powder. And to be honest, I can't tell them apart. So they're equally delicious and you'll have your selection there. Of course, Free Trail listeners get special discounts of 15% off the whole product offering not just protein but everything else visit gonarly.com use code free trial 15 gonarly.com use code free trial 15
1: oh the next one's good um i like this sarah asked what are some of the ways harmony has supported you through the life shift to parenting so supportive look i just (laughs) went and dealt quickly with the the family circus right now and you answered that question
0: (laughs) Oh, geez. The the nonstop chaos that is
1: our life. We're literally Cirque du Soleil at our house. As we sit in our garage
0: (laughs) trying to record a podcast. Geez, what haven't you done to support?
1: Yeah, I'm like, what are the ways I have? No, I'm kidding. I think the
0: one thing that's important to say is that you never took a maternity leave after having. Oh, I
1: literally was on a Zoom call <laughs> twenty four hours after.
0: Neither one of us have had any sort of leave uh, after the introduction of our complete specimen of a son who is turning into a big handful. <laughs> um, so you know I will always respect that about you. We are still very much in startup mode with Free Trail. Couldn't afford to not have either of us working on it full time, and to your credit, never complained about it. In fact, it maybe it was. Wouldn't
1: recommend it to anyone else. Yeah. And I would, yeah, take take the leave if you can do it. Absolutely, Same to yeah. you, like you should have taken. You probably more than me needed a paternity leave. But anyways, we should
0: eventually do that. Yeah. Like I know Rich Roll did this a couple of years ago, where
1: took a belated. He,
0: well, his was not a paternity leave. It was more or less a sabbatical where he just needed a break and recorded a bunch of content. To I'm taking sustain. maternity leave next year. Finally. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We can both do it.
1: Joint, joint leave. But
0: um, yeah, I mean like, man, you do so much for our family and I've n- never not been so impressed with your acumen as a mother and how fun it's been to do this together and to be building a company simultaneously while we're raising this little child. And yeah, I think it's been really nice to work together at home. We're near our son all day and we have very defined roles. One of the things we struggle with is like giving each other space to work on our own things throughout the day. And then we're getting slowly getting better at that. Um, One thing that we've struggled with, I think is like knowing when to act like a married couple and when to act like colleagues. I'm sure any couple that works together struggles with, that kind taking of stuff. Taking
1: date night for the first time.
0: <laughs> taking date nights and not talking about free trail. That's a Yeah, major not talking struggle. about work or, yeah. or our baby. So I, I guess the question from Sarah, though, is like, what sacrifices have you made? I mean, them not taking leave and pouring your heart and soul into this and also being way more than full time on it and sharing... The days where I'm a complete asshole who is vocalizing at least the superficial anxiety that this is never going to work, we should quit right now. And being a,
1: the, yeah, I don't have the stress from that. Yeah,
0: being yeah. the steady, steady force when I need it is something that I That's deeply a good appreciate. Answer. I
1: can, I can clarify that answer for you. That when you get overly stressed with work, I pick up the baby slack
0: definitely. That's, that's
1: you, how I support him, You always <laughs> pick up it. You
0: always pick up the baby slack I'm, to be fair. Yeah. Shout
1: out to moms.
0: Shout out to moms. Big shout out. It's to so moms.
1: fun now though. Now I do want a maternity leave because it's so much more fun. They just sleep for the first six months. It's like, there's <laughs> nothing to do. I would have been so bored. And now it's so fun. Yeah.
0: Shout out to moms.
1: Okay. Phil said, what have you, have been the most frustrating and rewarding things about building Free Trail. All right, keep this 100 words <laughs> <laughs> short. So-
0: well, rewarding is, and I'd love for you to add something here too, is just like, I don't know, it feels like we've gained some momentum and we have some stability finally.
1: Hugely rewarding.
0: So just yeah. to pull back the curtain this past weekend, we had a little bit of a, a team offsite where we just went deep on the business, all the things we do, where we're executing well, where we can be more efficient, where we can grow. And actioned a lot of really important takeaways from a weekend of just deep contemplation. And one of the major takeaways was, geez, we're actually in a good spot. And it just feels incredible. You want to add anything there?
1: No, the only thing I'll add is that I feel like you've been a lifelong loved being an employee and I've had a lifelong entrepreneurial spirit, like starting Mm started a business when I was little and I had a business before free trail that didn't make it during the pandemic, which is another story, but it is very rewarding to work on something entrepreneurial with people that you're friends with or potentially married to and see like that you start making progress. Like that is, Oh my God, it feels so good. Cause
0: the thing that I suck at is finding any security in that is my mind at immediately goes to what should I be paranoid about? Okay, so that's about.
1: frustrating for
0: you. That's a frustration. Yeah. I'd say that, the, your, yeah. no, the, the, I would say the thing that's been frustrating has been recently, because you know, but I've been like taking some heat. Uh, and on the internet? Yeah, and y- I'm a sensitive person and I don't like it. And you know, my instinct is to-
1: Want to call the person and- Get on the phone. It out, with and the, it's like, eventually yeah. you can't do that. <laughs> Like, eventually it's too much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. The second half of this year, even Internet's though-
1: Internet's a mean place. Yeah. It's also a wonderful place and how we know many people. But, yeah. yeah. I guess, yeah. Tensions that have been
0: us. running high in the sport recently, as everybody who listens to this podcast knows. And with that, I've also become a focal point of more criticism. Not at, I mean, it's still 99 percent positive feedback, but the bits of negative feedback that I get is just like really it really that, gets to me. Maybe that yeah.
1: comes with the rewarding though, right? Like don't they say you've made it when you
0: when you, hate. when you have haters. you have haters. <laughs> I hope that's not true. I hope that's not maybe true. Maybe it
1: means since I think didn't I even get a stray bullet at some point? I got a little hate, so maybe that means yeah. I finally made it. I'll take <laughs> I'll, I'll take the positive spin on that for us. But that is a big frustration.
0: Yeah. What I will say is like On this podcast, I've probably been too transparent about how hard it's been and don't focus enough on how rewarding it's been. And especially now at this point where we're entering what feels like our third year of really trying to make this a business. It's been a little over four years since I started my podcast. And it feels like finally it's happening. And what everybody says when you bootstrap a company is that the first three years are miserable. And that was really the case for us. And
1: yeah. And you do, aside from the stress and anxiety that, and like your sensitivity, you do love being entrepreneurial and creative and recording podcasts and preparing for your guests and recording the interviews. So you probably should harp on that a little bit more than about how difficult it
0: is. Yeah. 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 And I don't know. I I'd like to be transparent about it because I think it's important and it's just the type of person that I am. And so, yeah, it's important to also be transparent that like it feels good now. (laughs) Yeah. It feels good now. And I, I just have to say like, thank you to, the people who have been supportive of us, the people and the brands who've been supportive of us. And, uh, you know, I, I hope it comes across, but it feels like we try and do things for the right reasons. And there's been a couple of years where it's just like, why isn't this working? Like, what am I doing wrong? And I feel the pressure as our at least symbolic leader of like, I need to make this work for our whole team. Like otherwise, like that's that's my job. And I have not felt that I have lived up to that part of my job until really the last like few weeks, where we've finally got our path forward, at least for this year, and we're on steady footing. We've got great partners, and we're finally in a place where it feels like this might be a sustainable thing over the long term. And I just can't overstate how rewarding that feels.
1: So. Awesome. Okay. Annie asked, what are your goals for 2024? Which I feel like kind of... I signed up for a race. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, let's let's go there. Do you want to share what it so, is? Uh, No, maybe not yet. I'm
0: not going to share what it is yet. Just because, you know, obviously things might change. But I'm signed up for a race. Things
1: will not change. You're not allowed to back out. Yeah,
0: I'm not backing out. I'm not backing out. <laughs> I signed up for a race, which makes me want to get a coach and get serious, at least pretend to get serious again. And I'd love to be able to at least feel competitive once this year, like feel fit, not necessarily competitive, but feel fit. I mean, really the goals for 2024 is to be healthy this year. One thing that I have absolutely sacrificed in the last couple of years is my personal health. And it's because I'm, I guess another goal for 2024 is to deal with stress in a more healthy Strive with way. balance a little bit more. Because I have Go definitely off, yeah. like not dealt with stress well. I need to get better at that. Things like meditation and, I mean, just like not relying on caffeine. Like I definitely was like drinking too much. I mean, not. You always
1: I, say that, but it's like, you, you don't. Not, you it's don't not healthy. That much, not but healthy. Yeah. Having, yeah.
0: What I mean is, like, I want to feel primed and healthy. And part of that is having a healthy relationship with stress and being able to deal with it in ways that, you know, don't involve substances. Yeah, caffeine. (laughs) Um, So those are the major goals. I'd like to be fit and try and race at least once this year. I want to have a healthier relationship with stress. And above all else, really invest in my physical and psychological health. Um, it's sort of a, a nebulous goal, but it's a big goal. and The
1: most important goal of all. Yeah. Better than, yeah. Anything else more important?
0: Nope. And then, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of business goals. We don't need to, you know, talk about those publicly, but I think this will be a big year for us. And if we're able to execute against a lot of the plans that we have, it'll be a huge year for us. And uh, maybe we'll revisit this with an AMA at the beginning of 2025 and see how we did.
1: Sweet. Okay. Last question. Um, it's the one that you ask everyone at the end of the podcast? and not you say a lot of people were asking you this in the AMA? Yeah. Yeah. So who is one person you admire inside or outside of sport, living or dead? And why do you admire that person?
0: I love this. And because I ask a lot of people this question, I obviously have thought about it myself. I think if I think about athletes, the two people that come to mind immediately are Craig Alexander and Roger Federer, who are both now retired. And the reason I admire those guys so much is because of the way their competitors thought about them. Like, not only were they the best in their era, Craig Alexander, professional triathlete, he won Kona three times, he won the 70.3 World Championship twice, legend, Australian, Roger Federer, everybody knows, one of the greatest tennis players, if not the greatest tennis player ever. And both those guys achieved incredible things, but the coolest part about them was that Those who they competed against had immense respect for them as people. I mean, Roger Federer's retirement speech, it was insane.
1: It was unbelievable.
0: Rafa Nadal, who was his biggest rival for 15 or 20 years, those guys did battle. Rafa Nadal is sobbing, (laughs) sobbing at Roger Federer's retirement speech. You know, they should be arch nemesis and Rafa is like a blubbering baby sobbing, seeing his greatest rival, but a person who he really respects walk away from the game. And I just think that's something that everybody can aspire to is like, be great at what you do, but do it in a way that doesn't compromise your values and that makes you worthy of admiration and respect. So those two guys in sport, and then in media, there's a couple, Bill Simmons, who I've talked about a bunch on the show, has always been a, a hero of mine. He's just a visionary in the sports media world. I think everybody who's come into sports media in the last 25 years has looked to Bill as an example. And I think one of the things that I try and borrow from Bill he sort of pioneered this this sort of idea of being a fan and an analyst. You know, they call, him a, call it a fanalist now. <laughs> like, he could talk intelligently about any team in any major sport, but he was not embarrassed to root vociferously for the Patriots and the Celtics, especially like he's a Boston sports guy. And I always just appreciated that. And that's what I like to do, too, because... You know, I'd like to talk about the sport. I'd like to have an informed perspective about the sport, but also I'm not afraid to be a real fan of the top athletes in our sport too. And then like Dan Labatard is a a guy I've been listening to for 10, 15 years at this point, who, and like Pat McAfee kind of is the, the... Now, modern example of this, but what I love about those guys is that their crew that they work with is like, it's kind of like Free Trail where they're like a family. And a great example is ESPN was doing some layoffs and they fired, they laid off one of Dan Levitard's longtime producers. And he said, no, I will not accept that. Rehired the person on his own dime and so he wasn't getting paid by ESPN anymore. He was getting paid by Dan. And anyway, it poisoned the relationship with ESPN so much. Like he had felt personally aggrieved, you know, and that this this um, example of you know unloyalty was something that he couldn't abide. And ended up he ended up leaving ESPN not long after that. And I just always respected that of just like you know putting his foot down and standing up for his people. And uh, I've always loved his show. It's just hilarious sports talk radio. And McAvee's kind of the same thing. It's like he and his buddies, who he's known for years and years, and they just sit around and talk. And they've created this cool business where they're just like a family and they do fun, cool stuff. And, um, you know, they support each other. And I think that's kind of the vibe that we try and strive towards with our little group too. It's just like,
1: Loyalty you know, and family above all else. Yeah.
0: Loyalty, family, you know, we do anything for each other and like, let's also be great at what we do and take it really seriously. And, um, so anyway, those are some people that I admire.
1: Sweet. I love it. I don't think I would have picked a single one of them if someone asked me who you admired. So <laughs> I guess I learned something new about yeah, you today. Yeah. Well, a I mean, you know. Okay. That one I would have yeah. probably picked. <laughs> Um, amazing. Was that it? That's it. There was a lot of crossover. So we picked, you know, there were a lot of themes. So we picked cool. some out of here and that, those were the main themes. Well, those were great great questions and questions. They were, they
0: we're just about an hour. So that was perfect.
1: Kind of rambled on some of them, but hopefully we got the point across and didn't talk too much.
0: Yeah, that was great. Thank yeah. you so much for we should do it again. hosting. It's fun. We've got to get you on the pod more often. Totally. <laughs> uh, and thanks to everybody who did submit questions for us. Hopefully it wasn't too self-involved, but super fun. And yeah, I guess as always, I'm just really appreciative that people care enough to listen to the show. And thank you, Harmony, for all your hard work that you do on Free Trial. We'll be back again soon with another episode. There you have it, everyone. How did we do? I get a little self-conscious about being a guest on my own show, but a lot of people do AMAs, so I figured maybe we should do it too, uh, maybe on an annual cadence or something like that, but certainly open to your feedback. So let me know in the Free Trail Slack. A big thank you to our partners to start this new year 2024 Tried and True Speedland, run speedland.com, use code Free Trail 10 for 10% off any and all of their great footwear commissions. Gnarly Nutrition, go gnarly.com, use code Free Trail 15 for 15% off all those great nutrition products. HVMN, get 30% off your first subscription of Ketone IQ by visiting hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30. And finally, Osprey, brand new for the first half of this year, leading pack brand globally. Go check them out at osprey.com. Deeply appreciate the support from each of these fantastic companies and the people employed therein also deeply appreciate you. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this. We'll talk to you again very soon. We got some really awesome guests coming up that I can't wait to share. Until then, love you so much. Bye-bye.